In fact, you know what? Go to the book of Galatians right quick, and we'll, I just want to look at this before we get started today, because uh, Galatians chapter 5, um, hey, Melody, how are you? Galatians chapter 5. And uh, I, I'm just going to run through some scriptures here real quick. Um, Paul commands the, the Galatian church. And notice that now the book of Galatians, who was that written to? You remember? The book of Galatians, who was it written to? Uh, let's, let's, go, let's go to the beginning. It, it'll say right at this, as he starts the, the letter, he said, Paul an apostle. One, one, it says, Paul an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. And so that's who this is written to, to the churches of Galatia. So when we read this verse of scripture, I want us to read it in this, in this context. This scripture wasn't written to lost people. It was written to church people. So these people that this, that this is speaking to in Galatians chapter 5 are not people that uh, don't know Christ. These are people that do know Christ. And so it's not ungodly people it's written to. It's godly people that it's written to. So these people that this is written to, and how many of you know that in the New Testament, when we talk about New Testament believers, there weren't any New Testament believers that were not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. The non-spirit-filled church didn't exist. Everyone in the New Testament was baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It was, it was, the, it was the minimum standard of the church in that, in that hour. It wasn't until men got religious and, and started doing things our way that we got over there and started entertaining a church without uh, the, the spirit, Spirit's involvement. But anyway, so this is written to church people. And so I want you to hear it from that place. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Are y'all there? Yes. Galatians 5, verse 16, it says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen. So if you walk by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the, the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for the, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Are y'all paying attention just yet? Oh, yeah. uh, I'm starting out with something super important. I'm, I'm waiting for everybody to get engaged here uh, fully, because... <clears throat> There, the, there's some important things being said here. Um, that the flesh opposes the spirit for the purpose of keeping you from doing the things that you really desire to do for the Lord. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Um, so the flesh works against the spirit and the spirit works against the flesh. The Bible says they're contrary to one to the, one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. Now, go to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 8. It says this, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, boy, it left out an important part in English Standard Version. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Amen. You know, this is kind of what I was talking a little bit about on Sunday. Um, you can't really walk in the benefits of your righteousness when, you're, when you walk in carnality. You have to walk after the Spirit. So look what it says. Um, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So it's important that we walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Oh, yeah. That when we look at the scripture, that we don't divide the word by the flesh or that we don't try to understand the word by the flesh or we don't even try to live by the, the word according to the flesh. But that we really rely upon and trust in the Holy Spirit and his uh, ability to lead us and to guide us and to help us to be, um, to be, to be spiritual. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, the flesh, the flesh will, here's, here's the thing about being in the flesh. Usually you're the last one that'll know you're in the flesh. And uh, it's important that you get around other believers and that you pay attention to, um, that you pay, that you pay attention to uh, how the Lord is working in others, and see Jesus in other people. Um, anytime you get over there and you start having, you know, the, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that there are certain attributes that go with being carnal. And uh, some of the attributes that go with carnality, I tell people this all the time, a bad attitude is a sign of a, of a, a word deficiency. When you have a bad attitude, it's because you're deficient in the area of the Word of God. And a bad attitude is always, that always comes from the flesh. Um, being uh, being um, destructively critical. Having malice or hostility in your hearts toward uh, people or toward uh, toward a message like like this message that I'm preaching concerning supernatural increase. If you're hostile against this message, that 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 be the flesh, and the enemy will try to work in that area to keep you from really getting over there and receiving all that God has for you. Brandon, I'm gonna give this to you before I forget. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> all right, so uh, it's important that we hear these things by the Spirit, and that we get in the Spirit uh, to receive these things. All right, amen. So what have we been talking about? We've been talking about qualifying for supernatural increase. Say qualifying for supernatural increase. Qualifying for supernatural increase. And uh, so 
I gave you one qualification. One of the qualifications was this. We got to become fully persuaded that it's God's plan for us to prosper. God wants you to prosper. It's his desire for you. In fact, the Bible goes as far as to say in Psalm chapter 35, verse 27 says this, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So God is pleased when his, when his people prosper. Oh, yeah. Heaven rejoices when you prosper. Do you know, you know what heaven does when you don't prosper? They're not really rejoicing. Heaven doesn't rejoice in the curse. <laughs> Are y'all hearing that? And so last week we talked about the blessing. But we, did, we didn't talk about the curse, did we? We just talked about the blessing. We talked about the blessing over there in Deuteronomy. Um, so let's go back there to Deuteronomy. What was it, 24? Is that, that it? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy? 28, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. <clears throat> and so we'll read through this real quick because we want to jump right in there. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Uh, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. So notice it says this. Uh, it, it says, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God. Say this with me. Say, faithfully obey, faithfully the, obey. Voice the voice of God. Now let me ask you a question. What, what is the voice of God, and how do you hear it? And there's not really a wrong answer. I, I do want your ideas of what that is. What is the voice of God and how do you hear it? You can count on God's word being his voice every time. God's word is God talking. The Bible is God speaking to us. Now, now listen. It doesn't become the word of God until you believe it's the word of God and exercise faith that it's the word of God. It's only a book until you get that revelation that God is talking to you. Now, see, some of you, and here's the process that you go through. You know, faith comes by hearing. So for the first part of the process is you hear the word. All right. When you hear the word, it paints a picture. Um, I, on Sunday, I told a story about me on the Northwest Expressway. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> How many of you, when I told that story, you, you heard it? You heard the story, right? How many of you were here and heard the story? All right. You heard the story of me on the... Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, when I was telling that story, it, it uh, caused a picture to be painted in your mind? See, that's, that's, why, that's, that's the thing... Of, See, we, we say faith comes by hearing, and we think that it's just through hearing the word that faith comes. But it's, not, it's the process that is started when you hear the word. So when you hear something, no matter what it is, it starts to paint a picture. That's how God made us. God made us with an imagination. That's why the Bible, that's why Jesus told his disciples, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you, you know, your soul is your mind too. So Jesus told them twice to love the Lord with all their mind. You know why? Because he knew that it was important that you have your mind set on him. That your mind, and, and we were talking about the flesh earlier, 
That's, that's that area of the flesh. That your mind be set on him. Because God created your imagination in order that we might produce faith in our life. So faith comes by, first we hear, but when we hear, whatever we hear concerning the word of God, it, it provokes a picture. Just like you picture. Now listen, none of y'all were there. None of y'all, I didn't show a video, but y'all saw me out there on the Northwest. You don't even know where it was at on the Northwest Expressway, but you picked a place in your mind. Uh, yeah, see, you picked a place in your, in, the, in your mind. You picked a place and you began to imagine and you started to paint a picture and you started to do all these things. See, that's what happens when the word of God, glory to God. That's what happens when the word of God is released to us. You know, that, that's why I encourage you all to be expressive in your, uh, in your worship, to be expressive when you're here at church. I'm not looking for you to be expressive because I need your expression. I'm looking for you to be expressive because it's an important ingredient when it comes to faith. Listen, I'm, I'm preaching something right now, y'all. I'm, I'm giving you something. If you can get a revelation of this, it will help you big time. See, some people think all we're doing as preachers is just trying to get you. When we're telling people about, when I'm, now I can't speak for everybody. I know, I know me. But when I'm, when I'm talking to you about a worship, when I'm talking to you about offering, when I'm talking to you about anything that the Word of God declares, I'm, I'm really looking for you to be expressive, not because it's a necessary component for me, not because it inspires me uh, to preach better or for me uh, to uh, become more animated or whatever, or so that we can have an exciting and an exuberant church. That's not the purpose. It's not so that our visitors will feel like, wow, this is a great church. You know, there's some people that ask people to be exuberant because they don't want people walking in and thinking they just came to a dead church. But that's, ne that's never been my mode. My, mo my motive for your expression has always been uh, for you to respond to the picture that the Word of God is creating in your imagination as the Word of God is being preached. Listen, when you imagine, when, when worship is going on, when you're in your car listening to worship and you imagine, because it, it, doesn't it provoke imagination? That's when we listen to music, we daydream. We get in our imagination. You know what? None of you in your imagination are sitting, in your imagination, you're not sitting with your mouth shut, sitting on your hands with no expression. If you're a quiet person, if you're a shy person, if you don't like uh, attention put on yourself, you still imagine yourself worshiping with great expression. <laughs> Everybody does. What we don't realize is that's the way God intended for his word to work in us. He intended for his word to work in us and to provoke a picture or an imagination. That word ought to create an imagination in you. And you know what that imagination is for? You know what uh, some people call that imagination? Vision. See, we think vision is when you get zombified and all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, oh, I'm, I'm seeing a vision. Uh, you know, uh, you know, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. I, I, I'm seeing something, you know. 
We, we, we try to make it some spectacular, spooky, weird, you know, kind of deal. But, you know, and it can't, listen, a vision can be supernatural. You can, you can be sitting here and supernaturally be caught up in a spiritual vision. But vision isn't limited to a supernatural uh, uh, manifestation of the spirit. Vision is something that God has given to all of us. It's, it's what happens in our imagination. It's, it's, the, it's the picture. It's the dream that is provoked in us when the word of God is preached. When we hear the voice of the Lord. You, you know what? You know, when you, when you hear the voice of God, when, when God's word becomes the voice of God to you and it begins to paint a picture about your life, it will, it will deliver you out of darkness. It will deliver you from the, whatever burden it is that you're carrying. You'll no longer carry. Listen, you might be carrying a burden, uh, but as soon as you hear the voice of God on the matter and it paints a picture of your deliverance and your freedom, you'll never have to carry that burden no more ever again for the rest of your life. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So, so when, this, when, when this is saying, if you'll faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, what it's saying is this. If you'll live the picture that the word of God creates in you. Now, I know I've, I've told you all this before, but I know good and well that most of the time, most Christians don't do this. You know how I know? Because y'all ain't worshiping the way that you worship in your mind. I know you're not. Wow, I didn't know someone left me toys and, and uh, popcorn up here. <laughs> did, Amelia, did Amelia leave her stuff up here? She had an old banana in there in her bag and she took that and left the good stuff anyhow um do y'all know uh y'all know how i know that we're, we're not worse for the way because many of us were not expressive so, some of you haven't been able to get your mind to shut down yet to hear what's being said some of y'all still going through the list of stuff you got to do. Some of you just came here because it was on the punch list of Wednesday night. Well, we better go to church. It's Wednesday. Sure don't want to hear Pastor Gripe about people not being here on Wednesday. Next leadership meeting, if you, you know, leaders, leaders be like, next leadership meeting, you'd be calling out the leaders. But, but we, we've, got, we've got to get to the place where we tune in to hear the voice of God. Well, y'all got to get desperate to hear the voice of God. Y'all have get, got, you got to get desperate to get a word from God about your life. You know, we'll talk about every other word we receive. Well, the doctor said. Come on now. Well, I was I was talking to my therapist. And they said Woo, <laughs> I'm just going to let it sit there for a minute. 
What about tuning your ear to hear what God says? When we do that and we're careful to do what he says, when we're careful to respond to his word according to the picture. Oh, yeah. Amen. When we hear the word and that word paints a picture and then we start doing the picture. You know why? You don't have to feel like doing the picture. You just got to do it. Faith has nothing to do with feeling. Faith is a spiritual commodity. And the process is you hear. What you hear may excite you or it may not excite you. But it'll be the word of God. If, it, if it's out of the Bible, that's the word of God. And so the voice of God is his word. All right, so let me give you some examples. The Bible says this, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now, where were you at when he said that? Clap your hands, all ye people. Didn't, notice, notice how it didn't leave anybody out. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Go ahead now. Let everything that has breath. Amen. <laughs> I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Amen. So when, that, so when we have the opportunity to praise, then there ought to be a praise on our... Amen. Now we'll sing. His praise will ever be on my lips. But the only time it is is when we sing that song. But you know what it is? It's a word deficiency. It's a word deficiency. You know what? If you hang around carnal people, you're not going to lean toward the you're not going to lean toward the word of God. If you hang around people that are carnal and that talk uh, the nonsense that the world talks and say things that are that contradict uh, Scripture and contradict the things of God, the ways of God, and the will of God, then that's the way you're going to lean. You you can't help it. You're going to lean whatever direction you're drawn to. Um. How do, how, do I, how do I say this? Uh, some of you are like, what does this have to do with supernatural increase? I'm going to tell you if, you, if you don't lean way over into the word of God when it comes to supernatural increase, you're not going to be supernaturally increased. It's not going to happen. Listen, you, if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. You can't do what God wants you to do. You can't have what God intended. That's what we just read in the book of Galatians and in the book of Romans. And, and some of you have not yet identified that that's exactly why you have not tapped into that supernatural flow. So I'm trying to help you to identify that. You've got to live radically. You've got to live a, a radically in a different way oh, yeah. Boy, that's right. in order to tap into that flow. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Any questions? Is that, does, did I, was that clear as mud? <laughs> Again, I know some of you, I, I, 
I know some people think, well, you know, there he goes again. Listen, that's the flesh. Go ahead, man. If what I'm saying is irritating to you, deal with your flesh. It's not, listen, don't get mad at me. Well, I wish Pastor would get off of that. No, you need me to be on it. This is exactly where you need for me to be. Directly on the word of God, bringing about the kind of change that needs to happen in your, in your walk and in your life. It's the only way you're ever going to walk in it. That's, I found that there was a way for me and the way for anybody else that's ever seen these things work. Um, Hmm? I think sometimes, yeah, I think pride gets in the way. I think uh, more, than, more than anything, you know what I think it is? I just think that, yeah, pride. I think sometimes um, we think too highly of ourselves to be submitted to somebody else or to believe that we, we need to rely upon the influence of someone else for us to walk after the Spirit and to live fully for the Lord. Like, you know, some of you think you can do it yourself and you can't. You're jacked up. Go ahead, man. Some folk walked into church, into Winter's Church 12 years ago and said this to me. I have a call on my life. I aim to fulfill it. 12 years later, they still haven't fulfilled it. And some people will try to walk out of here blaming me that I haven't given them an opportunity to fulfill it. But there's never been more opportunities created for people uh, in church than at Winter's Church for you to fulfill your purpose. You have opportunity to preach. You have opportunity to teach. You have opportunity to say, well, you know what? I wanted to preach, but you wouldn't let me. Well, because you wouldn't come to church. Go ahead now. I can't have people come to church and the only time they come to church is when they preach. I know that makes I know that's uncomfortable. I know, I know, because I'm looking at you. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not saying that to, to, to be a pain or to rebu- I'm just trying to get you all to identify. How, 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 you, how, can you, how can you be determined your whole Christian walk to fulfill God's purpose for your life and never do it? I'm just asking the question. I mean, and some of it has to do, I think Michael, I think Michael identified, some of it has to do with pride. Well, I don't need, I don't need you to fulfill God's purpose in my life. Yeah, self-righteous. You may not need me, but you need someone like me. You may not need Rhonda, but you need someone like Rhonda. There's going to be someone that God has you hook up with that's going to provoke things. You can't, listen, you can't do it. The Bible tells us we're part of a body. We're members in particular. We can't do it. Who, the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. The eye can't say to the mouth, I have no need of you. You know, we, we, can't, we can't do it without one, one another. And there are parts, there are some parts that are more important than other parts. 
That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that there are some parts that are more important than other parts, that are more vital than other parts. There are some parts that are prettier. There are some parts that are uglier. There are different parts, but all these parts make up one body. And so for us to get where we need to go, we need each other. Oh, oh, I don't need you. Okay, but you need someone like me. That's right. Oh, yeah. You, 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 here's, here's the beautiful thing, is that God will lead you to different places. He'll lead you to different people, and he'll give you the free will to do whatever it is, to connect, to hook up, to submit, to, to learn, to absorb, uh, to be taught. Uh, to teach, to, to do whatever. He'll give you those opportunities. Um, but you know, there are different people that lead different ways. And there are some people that lead, you know, some people think that because some people lead with an iron fist, that's a wrong way to lead. No, they, they find people that can follow that, that, way, that method of leading. That's not the way I, I choose to lead. That's not the way I believe God built me. I, I don't lead that way. I'm not yelling at people and punching holes in walls and getting angry. Now, there are people that are that way. In fact, some of y'all, you watch them on YouTube all the time. Some of them, they're your favorite preacher. But you never knew that about them because uh, you don't spend, you know, you you don't spend that much time with them. But anyhow, all right, praise the Lord. Uh. I'm just trying to help y'all out here. Amen. But yeah, I think pride has, sometimes we, we're. Is it on? Is it on? I heard a preacher say, I read, a, read of a preacher saying that he was, he had a bad report on his like daughter or something, or daughter-in-law, and he's a pastor, and he went to church, and uh, he wanted to get a word from the Lord on the healing, on healing of it, and that the Lord was telling him, praise this way, you know, told him a certain way to praise at church, and that he said that he was ashamed, almost like embarrassed, he didn't want to do it a certain way, and he wouldn't do it, and he wouldn't do it, and uh, that, the, that the Lord said, the Holy Spirit told him, Nobody cares how you look. They're all too worried on how they look in front of everybody. <laughs> and so that he finally did it, and that uh, his daughter-in-law, it was like something that had to do where she couldn't have kids, and that she immediately felt something leave from her whenever he did that. And um, it, it just goes to show that, you know, we battle, we battle mostly everything in our own mind, um, you know, when it comes to supernatural increase. It, it, we hold yeah. everything back when it comes, our mind holds everything back when it comes to supernatural increase. You know, and the reason, the reason why, because some people are like, I don't like these financial messages. Like most, most of you, the reason, one of the reasons why you're jacked up is because you don't have no money. And when you don't have no money, you're in debt, you're distressed, and you're discontent. And the enemy uses that to try to get people off course. Or you have money. And you don't need the Lord because you got all kind of money. <laughs> some people there, or some people just satisfied with where they're at. You know, I, I was—I heard a testimony of a guy. Um, 
Well, what was a pastor that I knew? He was telling me the story that he went to this church in Florida where they were having revival and God was pouring out his spirit. So talking about supernatural, when, when I'm talking about supernatural increase, it's just, it's, just another, it's just another form of God's blessing in our life. So whether we're talking about revival, anointing, uh, whatever it is, uh, supernatural increase, the principles are all the same. So anyway, this guy goes to this church in Florida, and when he walks in, he said, it is like the craziest thing he's ever seen in his life. He says, people are drunk in the spirit. They're falling out all over. They're falling on the floor. They're laughing. They're getting joy, and people are dancing and praising. And he said, and he's looking around. He noticed some people have these funny hats, and he, he realized they weren't hats. They were lampshades. Now, back in the day, you know, when people would get drunk in the world, they'd say, man, you were so drunk, you had a lampshade on your head. That's how they would describe people back in the day. And, you know, you got so drunk, you took the lampshade off of the lamp and you put it on your head. That's how drunk you were, you know, in the natural. And so someone said that, you know, and some people were like, they, they started decorating lampshades with... <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord and glory to God. And these people were coming to church. They're like, amen, I'm getting my lampshade on tonight. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Does that look crazy? Yeah, it looks crazy. You walk into a church like that, some of you might walk right back out. Not me. <laughs> I mean, them. That, that stretched some people out big time. So this, this pastor that I'm acquainted with that I know, he goes into this church. He's from here, Oklahoma City. He was, he's not pastoring anymore, but he was from Oklahoma's greater Oklahoma City area. And he, uh, he said, I went in and he said, they sat me down next to this guy. And, and he said, this guy had a lampshade over his head. And it was the most, he was just acting like he was just falling over in his chair and and he was praising God and he was all drunk and acting like he was drunk and just carrying on like he was drunk in the spirit. And he said, it was so uncomfortable. He said, he leaned over on me once and I pushed him off of me. He said, so after the, that, that, that was during the praise service. <laughs> he said, so after the praise, of, and I'm not talking about a small church. There, I think there are a couple thousand people there. So after the, after the praise service, after the worship service, the pastor gets up and says, hey, we have a testimony today. He said, uh, we have a man in our church. He is the uh, president of a such and such a company. And um, he said, this company is a Fortune 500 company. I hope he doesn't mind me uh, telling this. He said, Fortune 500 company. This man is one of the uh, 20 wealthiest men in the United States of America. I mean, he went, he went on. He said, this, and this man is a member of our church. He said, we don't just have those kinds of people. And we, he said, we have a broad spectrum of people in the church. But this man happens to be one of the 20 wealthiest people in the world. In the world. Oh, yeah. And he's sitting in this church. He said, but his daughter went to the doctor, was diagnosed with cancer. The, the, uh, the doctors gave her up to die, gave her a diagnosis that she would die. She wouldn't live uh, she, she had no hope. She was already in, uh, cancer had already spread all over her body. And, and this man got before God and heard the word of the Lord. And, and God showed him, 
Your daughter will not die. She'll be well. And he said, folks, they just got a report from the doctors, and she's totally in remission. She's completely healed of this cancer. They had given her up to die, and she's 100% healed. He said, so I wanted him to come up here and to share a part of this testimony. And he said, and, he, and, and this pastor that I know, he said, I was looking all over that room trying to, he said, I couldn't spot a Fortune 500 company uh, CEO, president. Uh, what, he said, there was no one in that church looked like they was top 20 wealthy people in, in the world. In the world. He said, I'm looking around thinking, who in the world could that be? And that pastor says, brother, will you come? The man next to him with the lampshade on his head stood up, pushed the lampshade back, stood up, walked to the front, stumbled to the front. Drunk as he said, yeah, that's me. Praise God. My daughter was diagnosed with you. And he began to testify and the fire of God fell. And this pastor learned that day. See, see some, some, of you, some of you haven't learned yet. You can walk in here looking like you stepped off the pages of GQ, and that's not what God's looking for. You, you can be dropped off by a limousine right here at this door. They can roll out a red carpet for you, and you walk in here, and that's not what God's looking for. Are y'all hearing me today? Thank God. God. God's looking. God's looking for people that will be inspired to do whatever it takes to respond in obedience to His word. See that. That's why I say you have to be fully persuaded. Because if you're not fully persuaded, you won't go all the way with whatever it is that God is telling you. Something, listen, I'm going to tell you, something is going to try to get in your way. Pride. Fear. Doubt. Others' opinion of you. You know, you know what some people, you know, here at Winter Church, you know one of the things we like getting our way? How much time we're going to have to be here. Go ahead now. Heck, back in the early days, you couldn't run people off. Annie, Annie and I and the rest of us be over at that Salazar office building till 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night after Bible study. We'd be there 11, 30, 12. We'd be rolling out of there at midnight. Go ahead, man. Nowadays, I say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap this up. People start collecting their stuff. Heck, we park our cars backwards so we can get out quicker. <laughs> Go ahead, man. <laughs> now, see, some of you, some of you haven't identified... That that's a part of the reason why we don't get over there. Because we're busy, we're busy running into, we're, we're too busy running back to a place that doesn't facilitate what I'm talking about. 
We're trying to create an environment here, but we won't stay in here long enough and be willing to do anything radical enough in order to facilitate that flow of the Spirit that brings about those kinds of, uh, of, of, of flows in, of, of the Spirit, those kinds of financial miracles and, and otherwise. See, we think, we, think, we, we think the preacher wants us to do these things and, and uh, act strange just for the sake of being strange. That's not, and, and here's the thing. I'm not all about being strange just for being strange. But I'm going to tell you right now, if Miss Rhonda felt like she heard the word of the Lord and he told her to get up and do cartwheels across the front of this church, I'm going to be the first one to start moving chairs. Lord said, if I did cartwheels cross the front of this church, something would happen. All right, Ms. Rhonda, let's move the chairs. Give you some space. See, yeah, but what if she missed it? Well, if she missed it, at least she tried. I'd rather someone get up and strike out than just sit on the bench thinking, and eh, well, I, I may not hit nothing. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God. See, some of you never tried to dance. Some of you never tried to shout. Some of you never tried to wave your hands up in the air. Amen. Some of you never tried to go, woo-hoo! Some of you never tried, ha-ha-ha! Amen. Some of you never tried sitting and hanging out with the people that God put around you to provoke you and to help you over into that place that the Lord has for you. Amen. You know, if you have three or four doctor's appointments in a month, And I think you ought to, y'all know, I think, I think you ought to go to the doctor. But if you're going to get God's way in your life when it comes to sickness and disease and infirmity, you're going to have to spend more time saying what God said than what the doctor said. Y'all need to quit comparing medications. They woke me up early one morning in Fort Worth and said, Pastor, will you, will you come and have a, a breakfast with the seniors? I said, sure, you know, I'm, I want to hang out with the senior adults. And, uh, and I was like, I'll bring Ted with me. <laughs> I said, what time do what time you guys get together? 6 a.m. I'm like, 6 a.m.? My God, I'm going to bed at 4 a.m. You want me to get up at 6 I was like, I already committed. So I was like, okay. 6 a.m., Ted and I, we went to the Rise and Shine or whatever world it was. And there they were. I mean, there was, prob there was probably about 25, 30 senior adults sitting at that table. And they're like, Brother Ziggy, you know, Brother Ted. We weren't sitting for 10 minutes, Miss Rhonda, before the women had their purses on the table, men had their bags, and they're comparing their milligrams of different medications. Oh, well, I'm on 100 milligrams. Man, you need to get, I got 300 milligrams here. And 300 milligrams, and peep, that's how they be talking. 
That's how he taught. Uh, listen. I'm sitting around. All they're doing is comparing medication. I thought now that here, let me tell you this. There's nothing wrong with you comparing medication as long as you spend twice that amount of time declaring the word of God. Making an attempt to get a revelation about what the... See, some of you still carrying sickness in your body because of that. Some of us broke because of that. Do y'all get that? Boy, I'm looking at y'all's faces. Some of y'all looking at me like, man, you're in my mailbox right now, Pastor. You're in my mailbox. <laughs> See, we, ha we have to be determined. We have to be. There's nothing, listen, there's nothing wrong with struggling. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with struggling. All of us are going to struggle. All of us are going to have a fight. But the way we're going to win the battle is not by the flesh. You might win some battles by the flesh, but you're not going to win all battles. And you're certainly not going to get to where God wants you to be doing what God wants you to do, following after the flesh. Last time we went to Disney, I took Gabe, you know, me and Annie took Gabe to Disney for his 18th birthday. It was, they said it was a vacation. They said, we're going to go on a vacation. Miss Ron and I walked 50 miles in five days. I walked 50, I walked over 50 miles. Melody, I walked over 50 miles in five days. I counted my stuff. I, I, I had my Apple Watch. I know it was 50. It recorded it. I can't remember how high I climbed. How many steps, how many uh, uh, flights of stairs I climbed. It was terrible. You know what my flesh said? Get a scooter. I was watching people on them scooters. They didn't look like they was huffing and puffing. They had cotton candy. They had, they had hot dogs. They had chili dogs. They, you know, they had their popcorn. And, you know, they, they had these. Uh, them people on them scooters had these machines that blew bubbles. And these bubbles were flying and getting in your face and popping in your eyeballs and making your eyes red. I almost took a couple of them bubble machines and stuffed it down a kid's throat but anyway <laughs> I'm like pff, pff, you know we were walking behind it was like the Lawrence Welk show on steroids but anyway <laughs> you know when your flesh starts crying out that way if you give in to your flesh pretty soon you won't even want to walk I mean, let's just talk in the natural. I know some of you are like, what does this have to do with supernatural increase? Everything. You get in the flesh, you won't even want to walk no more. Mr. Don turned 70 years old yesterday. Happy birthday, Don. Happy birthday, Don. What a milestone. What am I? This dude climbed tree like a monkey. Not too long ago, <laughs> you kind of gave that up a little bit, but, but you know what, uh, you know, as you, as you, as you get along in years, you know what your body starts telling you to, you can't do that. 
But when you get over there and you start getting in, in your older years, you know, you start getting over there and getting older. You know, you know what you have to do? You have to, you have to tell your body what it's going to do instead of letting your body tell you what you're going to do. Otherwise, you're going to end up sick, broken, in pain. You're, you're going to start, instead of doing what the Lord tells you to do, you're going to do what your pain tells you to do. And some of y'all, the first thing your pain tells you is don't go to church. Your sickness will tell you. Listen, your sickness will tell you don't go. You can't go. And you'll be like, that's right, I can't. Then you start thinking this way. Somebody need to come and see me. When's someone going to come have church with me? Whenever Shri goes to the hospital, she won't even come over here and have a prayer with me. See, then the flesh starts working. See, that's how the... Are y'all hearing me? That's how the flesh... Your money. When you let your money tell you how you're going to live, what you're going to drive, what neighborhood you're going to live in, when you let your money tell you or your lack thereof, who you're going to like, who you're not going to like, what church you're going to go to, what church you're... I ain't going to that church. They talk about money. You're going to let your money or lack thereof tell you how to live your life? I'd rather let God tell me how to live than my... Boy, I'm preaching. Are y'all here? See, that's, that's the key to the blessing. The key to the blessing isn't listening to your wallet. It isn't listening to your body. It isn't listening to your brain. It's listening to the word of God. And let everybody else... I don't care. You can call me crazy. You can call me crazy while I'm walking 50 miles around Disney weighing 300 pounds. We're actually now 280, 284. I'm coming down. Glory to God. Shut up. But listen, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be crazy. But Gabe, I started to get concerned for, I was, I'm the old, I'm the older guy. I'm the one overweight. I'm looking back, Gabe is, Gabe is probably, Gabe is, I lost him in the crowd behind me. I'm like, where's he at? I, I stopped, I, I waited five minutes before I seen him coming. I'm like, Gabe, you all right? He's like, just give me a second, Dad, I just need a second. I just need a second, Dad. I, I said, and it, you know why? It's not about I'm in better shape than Gabe. Gabe's in way better shape than I am. It's not that he can't outrun me. He can outrun me. Easily. Easily. Y'all understand that? But you know what? Once you, in the natural, this is how my dad is. In the natural, I heard my dad all his life, and even now he says it. And he's not even born again, but it, he, he doesn't really understand it's a spiritual principle. He's like, I don't let my knees tell me I'm not getting out of bed. He says, I get out of bed and I tell my knees, you're going to carry me. That's what you were designed to do. My dad rolls out of the bed. When he rolls out of the bed, he looks straight in the mirror when he rolls out of bed. He looks straight in the mirror. You know what he says to himself when he gets up, Miss Rhonda? He says, every day, he says it every day, he goes, you're awesome. That's what he tells himself. 
Some of you ladies, you don't tell yourself that. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we, you know what we don't realize? We don't realize that what we're doing is we're facilitating wrong thinking. We're fa and I know you say, oh, come on, Pastor. No, listen. You, you, who, <laughs> who you going to believe more than you? If you keep telling yourself you're ugly, you're never going to believe you. I don't, listen, I don't care what you do. I don't care who fixes you up. I don't care what you're wearing, how fancy you dress yourself up. If you believe you're ugly, you'll never believe anything else. So you know what? You change it in your mouth. Look at you. I went to the doctor. Me and Annie was trying to have kids. We went to this doctor. She was old, man. I, honestly, I think she was dreaming reruns. But anyway, she was old. She was old. <laughs> I mean, she was old. She was shaking and everything. And, and yeah, I, it, was, it was crazy. But we went in there. We were like, we're gonna, we would like to have children. She's like, you? I said, yeah. She said, have you looked at yourself lately? I said, as a matter of fact, I looked at myself just before I walked in here. She says, well, what, is, what do you think about yourself? I said, I'm pretty fine if I have to. I'm not trying to brag or nothing, but hey, I'm sure. Ain't nothing walked up in here like this in a while. So keep your distance. I ain't taking nothing off. I ain't taking nothing off for you. Keep your distance. She's like. She says, uh, how did she say it, Mom? Uh, are you out of your mind? You're a fat slob. That's what she said. I said, well, you're an old bat. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we want if we, if if to say what we see, Yeah, and, he, and he's like, that's true. And he's like, this. <laughs> I was like, she started it. I, I was just, I just came in here to get, I, we was just trying to find out about having children. You know what? You know what we found out real quick? That's probably not where we needed to go if we were going to have kids. Are y'all hearing this today? See, some of you hanging out in environments that aren't conducive. <laughs> Amen. That aren't conducive to producing supernatural increase. You got to get around where the word of God is spoke. Will the word of God rub you the wrong way? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's what it does. It rubs you the wrong way to rub all that crap off that needs to be rubbed off. The word of God sometimes acts like a file to smooth out the rough stuff. Mm. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. And we need that. It's not what we prefer. If we had our rathers, we'd rather be around people that say, ah, it'd be all right. We'd rather be around people that said, how many milligrams they put you on? How many milligrams are you taking? 
People comparing blood pressure like they're playing poker or something, like whoever has the highest number wins or something. What are your triglycerides? I'm, are, those, are, you know, are those things important? You know, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's important. It's, I think it's important. But when, when, we're, when, we're, when we're talking about walking in divine health and divine wholeness, or if we're talking about walking in supernatural, what are you going to do? You just sit around and talk about how, how long you've been on uh, welfare, how long you've been on disability, how long you've been on uh, workman's comp, how long you've been on, you know, how long you have to go before you collect Social Security. If I could just give, if I could just, what are you, how are you going to do this? You're going to live by faith in the Word of God, or are you going to live in the flesh? If you're going to live in the flesh, get ready. It's not going to get easier. It's about to get harder. Amen. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready to tighten your belt more than what you do. Listen, if you're going to live by the world and you're going to live by the world system, you better get ready. Go ahead now. If you're going to live according to your age, boy, you better have some insurance. You're going to need it. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Am I going on too much about this? You reckon? All right. Well, wonderful. Yeah, because uh, I'm really sensing this in my spirit. Sometimes we get settled over in a place that, that doesn't really open up the opportunity for the Lord to do what he wants to do. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell this church this right now. When we get over there and we start getting over in the spirit, You'll find out that God's going to shove you out there and push you out there to do things that you never wanted to do. He's going to ask you to praise him in ways you'd I've been watching Derek. I'm seeing Derek praise God in ways I've never seen Derek praise God. Now, I'm seeing him get out there more than I've ever seen him get. I watched him up here up front the other day come kneel before God. I thought, my God, there you go, Derek. You get out there while you can. Amen. See, some people are like, well, I can't. My knees bring a pad. Find a way. No, instead we make excuses. Are y'all hearing me? The Lord told you to get on your knees. You go, Lord, you know I can't get on my knees. Find a way. Stack up some drop cloths. Have someone help you down. If he told you to get on your knees, there's a reason. Lord, I'm too big to get on my knees. That ought to tell you something. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, hold on for the. <laughs> yeah, Joe's Joe's working it. Okay, there you go. So, uh, I had a really bad uh, case of. Uh, Plantar fasciitis oh, in, my, in my left foot. I don't note, note, I said I said had. Yes, sir. So, um, and uh, it was at our. How many milligrams did they put you? No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I had to. I had to. I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to freeze the ice at you know uh, you know a 16 degree interval. You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, th- uh, 
we was during a, a pretty intense uh, worship service, and um, there was uh, the pastor was talking about you know that healing was in the atmosphere, and if you needed healing for anything, you know it was one of those. And so he said, he said specifically, I I, I want you to kneel if you if you need healing. And I was like, oh, if I kneel right now, the insole of my foot's gonna be screaming at me. And I said, I said, you know what? It'll just hurt. I'm used to it hurting anyway. And so I, I, I psyched myself up in the Holy Spirit and I was praying in tongues. <laughs> and I said, okay, here we go. And so, and so I kneeled down and, and sure enough, there was a pop and I was like, oh man. So I was kind of like leaning forward and then I was like kind of waiting a little bit. So then I rocked back and there was nothing there. And so I rocked forward and there was nothing there. And pretty soon I'm like doing this, <laughs> like, <laughs> this, what's that Muslim doing in here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, then, so, <laughs> so, then, so then I stood up, I stood up and I, and he said, he said, you know, I could, you know, he was speaking to me. And, and so he said, you know, lift up on your, on your toes. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And so I was like, you know what? Why not? So I lifted up my on my toes. No pain. Come on, Jesus. And so it was. Be but you know, any other time, I think if I hadn't have been so immersed in the Holy Spirit and kind of just just yielding to that, I would have probably been like, I'll just stand here with my pain. I don't care. Yes. But I was kind of sick and tired of you know because I do a lot of walking with my job and everything just in general, and so it was getting to be a lot. And uh, so I was just obedient, and God blessed me. So. Yes, dude. I had the same. The Lord healed me. Thank God. Yeah, Jasmine. Story time. I don't know about y'all, but listen, God has been blessing me. Um, in 20... When we get married? Don't tell nobody I said that, y'all. <laughs> in 2019, I never had any health issues until I got married to Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> I love you, Andrew. <laughs> I love you, Andrew. It was all good till I married Andrew. <laughs> no, no. We know what you, Andrew. <laughs> um, I was diagnosed with PCOS. If some of you don't know what that means, it is a detrimental to a woman's health. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, is very hard on a woman's body, just in general. Um, and I battled with that throughout our marriage. I gained so much weight unexpectedly. Um, Thank you. Cycles, everything, just unexpectedly. And I've been praying over this, Googling everything. And one day I was just crying out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I am sick of this. I'm tired of dealing with this. Andrew came home with some <clears throat> Benny Hinn scriptures, a hundred healing scriptures. <laughs> and one day I was just looking over it and I know like I was just crying every time my cycle comes. I'm like, crap, I'm not pregnant. I'm just literally crying at my desk, crying in my, crying in my office, crying everywhere, just walking around crying like a big baby that I am not. Um, and I literally just poured my heart out to the Lord and I just told him I don't want to deal with it anymore. And Curlin, I sat next to Curlin one day, no, Anna, I'm not. 
I sat next to Anna one day, not Anna, Carolyn, and she was like, God told me to pray for you. She came over to my house and prayed. In the midst of her prayer, I literally heard the guy's voice say, do you want to be healed? I'm like, of course, Lord, I want to be healed. Who doesn't want to be healed? And he asked me again. He said, do you want to be healed? I'm like, yes, I want to be healed. At that moment, I felt everything just diminish from my body. Um, week <clears throat> later, I had an ultrasound just to do like a follow-up and check my follicles, everything, because it's been an ongoing process. And when I looked at my results, they said that I was 100% healed from PCOS. There was no result Praise God. PCOS at all. Praise God. Amen. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. So healing supernaturally increase. Uh, you know, faith for the anointing to fulfill our purpose. It all comes from the same place. It, 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 it all works the same way. Uh, you know, what I'm sensing in my spirit tonight, and uh, you're going to be shocked, but I think I'm going to end with this. Um, what I'm sensing in my spirit tonight is that God is really looking for us. You know, you know what, church? You've got to learn how to shut down the world. You've got to learn how to shut down the world. Uh, you know, there have been times that um, Annie and I, we have been so busy. There have been times Annie was so busy with her job, especially last couple of years, that uh, I'd be gone and sometimes she'd say, I'm not going, I'm not, it would be Wednesday, she'd be like, I'm skipping tonight, I ain't going tonight. I'm like, no, no, that's not what you're going to, no. You're going to skip work is what you're going to skip. You, you're skipping the wrong, see, some of us were skipping the wrong stuff. You know, instead of, instead of shutting down everything to hear the voice of God, we let everything invade the only time we've set aside to hear the voice of God. And some of you are like, oh, no, I can hear the voice of God. Like, you can, but you won't. You won't. You know why? Because your circumstances won't let you. Sometimes, you, sometimes my, if my mama texts right now, she's going to have to wait. As much as I love my daughter, if she texts me right now, Y'all know good and well. I ain't about to say, hold on, everybody. I got a text from Mikey. <laughs> now, what was I saying? But we'll try that sometimes sitting up in here. Oh, no, I'm listening. No, you're not. See, we, we've got we to be determined that we're going to, we're going, what, let me ask you a question. How many of you, you have had trouble, you, you say this, you have had trouble hearing the voice of God for your circumstances sometimes? Anybody? All right. Now, you ever have trouble hearing somebody talk? Never? Sometimes I have trouble hearing people say something. If they're clear in the back of the room, I'll say, what's your name? And they'll say it, and I always end up getting it wrong. Y'all have been there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like, what's your name? What? 
low, 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 no, no, oh, okay, yeah. And then it'll, you know, through telephone get to me. Everybody will start telling me what it is. But you ever, you ever notice that when somebody can't hear somebody real good, you know what they do? They start going like this. They start straining to hear. See, you know what? You need to start straining to hear. What does that mean? Well, you got to start doing whatever it takes to be able to hear what God is saying. Amen. And, and, and if the way that you hear what God is saying, and I, I, I will tell you this, he's not going to text you, so you can shut your phone off. He's not going to, he's not going to send you a messenger so you can get off of Facebook. He's not, he's not, he's not going to slide into your DMs so you could turn off Instagram. You're not going to come up as a match on match.com so you can cut, you can shut off the app. He's not going to swipe to the, which side, which way you got to swipe? He's not going to swipe to the, yeah, he was around like, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. What are you talking about, Pastor? <laughs> you, I don't even know. God's not, God's not swiping on apps. But you know what? We know where to meet him at. We know how to get in his presence. We praise to get in his presence. We worship to get in his presence. Where two or three are gathered, he's... See, we, we, know that we know what the book says. And so when we exercise our faith in it, when we come together and we exercise our faith in the word of God, some people get in trouble because they drift away from that. They drift away from the influence of it. And here, here's my deal. You can get your drawers in a bunch over stuff. Better you have your drawers in a bunch in front of everybody, you know, and it be at church and you be in a place where people can help you out than have your drawers in a bunch sitting at the house. Have your girlfriend that left that church because everybody was jerks. And you're texting her and she's like, girl, you need to get out of there. You know what I mean? But better, you, better you hash it out amongst people that want to that want to be in the spirit and hear the voice of God and get over there and discover the uh, promises of God fulfilled in their life. And I know, listen, I know I got stuck on that first part of that verse, but boy, I've been, I've really been sensing that in my, well, you, you heard me preach on Sunday. God, God wants us to live by faith and faith isn't living by what you think or by whatever, whatever was in your craw that day. You know what? You need to get over whatever's in your craw. You need to get a hold of the Word of God and let the Word of God dictate the direction of your life. Okay. Amen. 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 Praise God. You need to get so full of the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I talk about spiritual constipation. People, people get spiritually constipated. And the reason I use constipation is because very similar. You want to have a move? You desire to have a move? You go through the motions of having a move, but you can't have a move. And there's, no, there's nothing, you know, babies especially, little kids, there's nothing more miserable than a kid that's plugged up. And people that are plugged up in the natural, they look just like people that are plugged up in the spirit. The only thing that's going to remove all the crap out of your life 
is to have a move of God's spirit in your life. You got to have a move. And if you, if you get over there and allow the spirit to move, get a word from God. Listen, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't think my money's trying to tell me what I'm going to do. My money try to tell me every day what I'm going to do. Heck, when I'm getting ready to write a fat check in an offering, y'all kidding me? I'm getting ready to write a fat check in an offering. You know my money's saying, don't do that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Go ahead now. And it ain't over after you write the It's not over after you write the check. After you write the check, then your money's telling you, stupid. And then you get over that. But then later on, pastor does something that you don't like, and you're like, and after all that money I gave. <laughs> your money's still trying to tell you something that's going to shipwreck you. Are y'all hearing me today? <laughs> I am preaching. Preach I'm looking at y'all. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's why some people left their last church. I bet I gave so much to that church, and look, look what they did to me. <laughs> Are you serious? You really gonna let your money do you that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you gave it to God, you gave it to God. That's all. That's all there is to it. I love that. I gave a fat check and pastor got a brand new car the next week. Thank you, Jesus. And? You really going to let your money tell you that you, your pastor used... <laughs> That's crazy. But you know, there's people that do that. There's people that do that. They look in the natural and think they're going to break out in the spirit by looking in the na- uh, looking in the natural. Go ahead now. But you know, if you if you if you get a hold of the word of God, you know the word of God. Let me show you something the Bible says. Go to go to Luke six thirty eight. I, I said I was going to quit. I'm going to quit right after this scripture. Go to Luke six thirty eight. Can you put it up there, Joe? <clears throat> You got to be fully persuaded. Say fully persuaded. persuaded. Say it again. Say it again. See that that that's why I'm hitting on this stuff that messes with you, because you can't let that stuff talk you out of that. That's why I keep hitting that, because you can't let that stuff talk you out of what the Word of God says. So look what it says: "Given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, um, will be put into your lap." For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Amen. Isn't that good? So when you give, it'll be given. Now somebody said, that's not about money. It's about everything. You give ugly, you get ugly. If you give love, you'll get love. If you give friendly, you'll get friendship. Some of you are like, I wish I had friends. Be friendly. Bible says if you'll be friendly, you'll have friends. If you're not, fr- if you're creepy, <laughs> Go ahead, man. 
if you're antisocial. Let me ask you a question. Does this look friendly? That's the only look I've ever seen on some of y'all's faces. That's the only look I've ever seen. You say, that's just my face. Well, but here, <laughs> I just like it. So here's what you, but here's the thing. You have to intentionally, you have to be intentional. So you know what you got to do? If, if you want to have friends, when people come up, you, instead, of, instead of looking like, go to hell. You got to, you got to, you know what I mean? Because that, that's how some people look. I'm not cussing. I'm not cussing. I mean, I'm talking about, we, we, don't, we want them to go to heaven. We don't want them to go to hell. So instead of having that look, we got we to gotta change the look. We got to have the go to heaven look. Say, I feel, I feel like I'm putting on a mask. You are the right one. Some of you put on a mask to get rid of wrinkles. You won't put on a mask to get rid of your trouble. I'm preaching. Woo-hoo. Woo, just rub it and blow on it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Anna's like, my God, Pastor. <laughs> oh, uh, I, love, I love you, Anna. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Whatever you give, you're going to get back. If you give creepy, you're going to get creepy looks. You're going to, you know what I mean? If you act creepy, people go, they're going to hold their kids close tighter when they walk by you. They're going to be suspicious of you. They're going to try to figure you out. But if you put out there something different, amen. So when you give financially, guess what? It's giving back to you. So, so here's the thing. Some of us, when we get in financial trouble, we go to looking for help. Instead of trying to help somebody. We go to looking for help. Instead of trying to help somebody. Mow a yard? glass of water, uh, write a positive note, a uh, compliment, a handshake, a hug, a smile. Yeah, it don't have to be money. You just have, whatever you have, you got to give it. Whatever you have, you got to give it. And, so, and some, you know what? Sometimes maybe it's not money. Maybe it's just so, something that means something to you. It may not mean a thing to them. You know, one time I was in a meeting, and a spirit of giving broke out. Oh, yeah. Did that help you out? Spirit of giving broke out. Started with a doctor giving away his Porsche. Bought a brand new Porsche. Still had paper tag on it. Oh, 
He brought the title and the keys, laid it on the pulpit, and said, Pastor, the Lord told me to give this Porsche. He said, I don't care what you do with it. You can drive it. You can sell it. He said, I don't even care what you do with the money. You can put it in the church. He said, you keep all the money yourself if you want it. He said, Lord told me it ain't mine no more. It's yours. Pastor just stood there with his mouth agape. Pretty soon someone else came and laid some money down. Then someone else came. I mean, it was crazy. For two and a half hours, Melody, people, all people, we never did nothing in that service except forgive. There was, there was, there was a couple people that were sitting on one side of the church. There was probably uh, uh, 2,000 people there. There was a couple that was sitting over in this section, and there was a big old, big old church, another clear across the church. They said, they said, Pastor, I have something I need to give because they were t letting people tell what they was doing. Right. Well, Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. That's talking about the tithe. Right. Read your Bible. That's, That's talking about the tithe. Boy, man. That's talking about the tithe and alms, what you do for the poor. Right. Yeah. But do you know, even, even, the, even, even the Jews practiced telling what they were doing in the offering to inspire others to be generous. Oh, yeah. To inspire others to take that leap with them. So anyhow, <laughs> these people said, Pastor, the Lord told us we have these tickets to go on vacation and um, me and my husband, we just felt in our hearts we're supposed to give it to those people, clear over them people right there. And, and everybody's trying to figure out who it is because they're pointing. No, no, that one right there. And there, there's other people. Finally, they identified who it was. You mean these people? Yeah, these people, right. Those people started crying, tears streaming down their faces. So the pastor's like, well, come up here. I don't recognize you. You don't go to this church. Who are you? These people said, we're missionaries. Right now we're on, what do they call it, furlough or whatever. We're on, we're, we're, we're just not, we're, we're raising money. But they said this, they said, we've been asking the Lord for a vacation. Well, holiday, they called it, because they were from another country. We've been asking the Lord, we wanted a holiday. And we haven't been able to afford to have, we haven't had a holiday in 15 years. And the Lord told us, I'm going I'm I'm to send you on holiday. We didn't know how it was going to happen. They said, but praise God. They said, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And there was four of them. It was two, a man and a woman and their two kids. And this was just a man and a woman. So here, my thought was, well, they don't have enough tickets. That man and that woman said, Hey, listen, I know that it's just us here, but we have tickets for our whole family. We got two other tickets, so not only can you and your husband got tickets, but there's tickets for your, your son and your daughter as well. All of y'all are going because that's what we have. That's what the Lord told us to get. That's supernatural. Amen. Supernatural. Well, you know what? I was sitting there, Anna. I didn't have two pennies to rub. Listen, I didn't have two cents to rub together. I'm sitting there in my J.C. Penny suit. My Jacques Peignets. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm broke. And he said, we ain't got nothing. We have nothing. But I think it was Ted 
that had blessed me with this pair of suspenders that I was wearing. They were silk. And my mother told me one time, she said, you know, I've never seen anyone wear silk suspenders except for this doctor that I know. I'm like, well, there you go. Amen. <laughs> Most expensive thing I had on my body was them suspenders. That suit was cheaper than the suspenders. But Ted had blessed me with these suspenders. You know, they weren't that much, Anna. There's only like, when I got them, there's 99 bucks. I don't good and well they weren't that, you know, if I waited and they'd gone on sale, I'd probably have gotten $25. That's what, it, that's what they were. Now, most valuable thing I had. Didn't have two pennies to rub together. But I thought, I cannot let this night go by without jumping in on this blessing. Man, I unbuttoned those suspenders and I pulled them off of my... You know what? Didn't nobody want them... Sus in the natural, didn't nobody want them suspenders? <laughs> but it wasn't about what anybody wanted. It wasn't about whether someone could use them or not. That's not what it was about. It was about me being obedient to God and getting over there in the flow and listening to the voice of the Spirit and being willing to do whatever it took to move heaven on my behalf, to get heaven working in my direction. Man, I took them things off. I walked up there. I, I was hoping I wasn't embarrassing Annie because Annie was very quiet back then. And so I got up and I marched up there. I got them suspenders in my hand. And boy, I, lay, I didn't even say nothing because I didn't want anybody to be, I didn't want the, I went, Lord told me to give these suspenders. And then be like, dude, that dude gave a Porsche. You giving suspenders. <laughs> these people gave vacation. You giving suspenders. So I went up there. It was between me and Jesus. I laid those suspenders down. Bless God. I was like, Lord, I'm giving and it's given unto me. Good measure. Glory to God. Man going to give into my bosom. Oh, yeah. You was there, Ted. Oh, yeah. In that day? So, so you know what some people would have been? It was a manipulation. Those preachers was just trying to get y'all's money. Really? You know what? If that would more, you know, the, the people that thought that, they didn't get nothing. <laughs> That's right. The people that thought that, they left there and no, no, they didn't get any farther spiritually. They didn't get any farther financially. They didn't get any farther in any way, shape, or form. They just stayed right where they were at. Maybe they were worse off even than what they were when they came in. But me, on the other hand, I sewed those suspenders. And I say, well, what'd you get back? Well, that, that was the interesting thing. I went and sat down, and the people that were, there were several preachers there. Uh, There's about four, four or five of them. Ed Dufresne, I think, was there. Uh, uh, Bob, Bob Lemon, and uh, maybe Lucy was there, Lucy Rao. Uh, and anyway, woman preacher comes, she said, who, who, who laid these suspenders down here? I thought, oh, dear God. Because <laughs> she was Hispanic. You know, Hispanic people have a way of putting you on blast in front of everybody. <laughs> I, was, I was used to the Spanish church. I thought, here we go. Anyway, she said, who put these down here? Who, who put these down here? It's 2,000 people. I was like, I did. She goes, you need to come up here. That's right. I was like, oh, dear God. So I'm holding up my britches. <laughs> I, 
I only weighed 100. I probably weighed 180 something, 90 pounds then. So I'm hanging on to my britches, you know. And she, she has them suspenders in her hands. She said, I don't know who you are, but God tells me you're a soul winner. She said, you are an evangelist. I stood there quiet. She said, you know what I see hanging off of these suspenders? Thousands upon thousands of souls giving their hearts to Jesus. The Lord tells me because you were obedient and you sowed the seed of these suspenders, there will be an inflood of a harvest of souls that will come as a result of your obedience to him. She said to the prophet, she's the God that was there. She said, Brother Bob, come and, and, and uh, be like Elijah to this young man and, and put the mantle on him. And that guy I took those suspenders and he went whack and he threw them over my neck and man the fire of God hit me I left there with my suspenders and a promise of thousands upon thousands of souls and guess what it was it's been fulfilled amen it's been fulfilled glory to God but see that's how you come out you sh- you sure don't come listen you sure don't come out by saying well Lord if you if I wish I could you got to be willing and obedient. Okay. Now, here's the thing. You say, yeah, but Brother Ziggy, souls don't help me pay the water bill. They don't? If you work for AT&T, who pays you? If you work for General Motors, who pays you? If you work for Tinker, who pays you? If you work for McDonald's, who pays you? So if you work for the Lord, who pays you? If, if wicked men will pay their employees for working for them, how much more then do you think your heavenly father being just and righteous and good? Boy, y'all, don't make me preach. How much more then don't you think that he will take care of those and pay those who work for him? Boy, amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. We, we, we got to quit letting the stuff that takes us off course and off of that track. We got we to get. Now, see, some of, some of y'all like to get in your heads. You like to really analyze it. This isn't up for analysis. You just got to, at some point, you just got to receive it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. And so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, now, yeah, I'm done. I I really need to be done. I I was going to show you something else, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. We'll, We'll save that for next time. We'll just leave that there. Amen. Thank God. What do you receive this today? Amen. Amen. Yep, trying to get you out of the trap. Out of the trap of the enemy. We're going to get out of the trap. Say that with me. Say we're getting out of the trap. Thank you, Jesus. Say money, you're not going to tell me what to do. Say this, say pain, you're not going to tell me how to live.
Quit letting your past tell you how you're going to live in your future. Say, say, past, you're not going to tell me how to live my future out. We're not doing it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. But see, that's how this stuff starts out. Now, here's the thing. It's not a magic formula. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Church, I can't tell you how many times over and over and over and over and over again we have seen God do miracles. Because of, of, of stuff like this. Man, that one woman, that one woman that handed me a red lobster card. I hate red lobster. She gave me a red lobster card, yo. I don't even like red lobster. She gave it to me and I looked at it, I was like, yeah. She gave it to me. She sold it. She's like, and I, but I didn't let it show. You know why? That wouldn't be. I was like, praise the Lord. Amen. I said, I received that in the name of Jesus. You know why? You know why I received it? It didn't matter whether I liked red lobster or not. God wasn't putting a red lobster in my car because I liked, in my hand because I like red. Come on. Are y'all hearing me? God wasn't putting a red lobster card in my hand because I like red lobster. God had that woman sold a red lobster card because that's what she had. I wasn't in the equation. That, that, see, that's why you got to be careful sometimes when you receive it because some of you are like, I don't even need this. It's not what it's about. It's a part of the process. I received it. I said, I received. I did something uncharacteristic. I stopped right there. And now I pray for people, but I felt like I needed to specifically pray for her. I just, I took her hand. I said, pray with me. I said, in the name of Jesus. And we prayed together. And I said, in Jesus' name, I declare supernatural increase over you. I thank God that uh, as a result of your obedience, the Lord is going to bless you. This woman, this woman had prayed that I wouldn't even come to their church because she was, she thought I was, uh, that message was a, a demonic message. She thought it was a uh, self-serving material message she didn't think it was a godly message prosperity she didn't think it was a godly message but when I ended up showing up to preach at her church anyway she's like well Lord you know we have more power than the devil and he came so maybe you got something to say she listened for two weeks and sewed that card when I went it was at Pastor Ben's church when I went told Pastor Ben I said Pastor Ben this woman gave me the, he said which one I said that one woman he, he even took me out he said point her out to me I said that lady's going out the door right there he goes, oh, bro. I said, I said, what? He goes, you know, she's homeless. That's right. Melody, that woman was homeless. That's right. She gave me the last thing that she had. That's right. She couldn't go to Red Lobster anyhow. It's 40 minutes away. Oh, Sheree, thank you. But anyway... You know, I mean, but I was, you know, you know, you, you start now. Here's the thing. I wasn't going to let my flesh tell me how I was going to do that. She wasn't giving that to me. She was giving that to the Lord. Shame on you. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You know, see, that's how the world thinks. 
Shame on me. Are you kidding me? That woman needed to do something, so she did. You know what happened, Melody? That homeless woman, by the time that revival, we were there for, we were there for 20-something weeks. By the time that revival was over with, <laughs> that woman had a car, she had bought a house, and had money in the bank. Can I, can I tell the testimony real fast? So she sold that card. She came back the next night. She said, I have, I have one of them testimonies. I said, tell me what the testimony is. I said, I want you to tell us, tell the whole church what the testimony is. She said, well, I gave you that card last night. She said, I went, the Lord told me to go to the bank and look at my, what was in my bank account. She said, I went to the bank. I pulled up my bank account. There was $600 in my bank account, been sitting in there. She said, I didn't bother looking in there because I, I thought I was in the hole. I had $600. I, I asked where it came from. It was from a job that I had worked years ago. They finally found me and put my, what I had put back for retirement. They, they put it in that account because they didn't know where I was at. But I've had that account forever, so they put it in my account. I was like, well, praise God. She said, off of that card that I gave, the Lord blessed me with $600. She said, so I went and I bought some things that I needed. She said, and I brought an offering. And she had, you know what she handed me in that offering, Melody? It was $600 she had. She handed me an offering of $550. Homeless woman. I counted it after. She kept $50 and handed me $550. I was like, dear God. When she did that and she went back to her chair, people came running and started throwing money at her. Oh, yeah. She left, when, she, when she left there, there was a pile of money. And we scooped up all that money. We put it together. We put it in a bag and we gave it to her. She came back the next night. She said, brother, I have a testimony. I said, all right, give your testimony. She said, last night, she said, when I, I didn't give that, she said, I didn't give that testimony for y'all to give me nothing. She said, I didn't do that for y'all to give me nothing. She said, but I praise God. She said, thank you all for blessing me. She said, Brother Ziggy, there's $3,800 or $3,600 in that offering. $3,600. <clears throat> she said, so today I went, I bought something. She said, and I brought an offering, and she gave me that. She gave me that. $3,600 she had in that. You know what she gave me in the offering? $3,550. Listen, it wasn't in hope. It was, she didn't give it with hope. I'm, oh, I hope this works. No, listen, she's like, this works. She's like, thank you, Lord. There wasn't a testimony for a while. A couple months went by. There were no more testimonies. I'd heard she was sleeping on some porches, eating peanut butter sandwiches. But then one night she came in and she came in with brand new boots. A brand new Western shirt. Brand new cowboy hat. Texas people wear them cowboy hats, boy. She had a big old belt buckle on. Someone came to me and said, she just pulled up in a brand new Ford F-150. She looked at me, she goes, I went over there, I'm like, what's going on? Look at you. She goes, where's Pastor Ben? She saw Pastor Ben, she's like, we're both standing there. 
she pulls out these two fat envelopes. She says, well, I got something for you, and I got something for I can't even remember how much was in that envelope. It was thousands of dollars. I took that. I said, there's a testimony behind this. She said, yes, there is. I said, don't say nothing. I want to hear it with everybody else. I said, this sister has a testimony. I had her get up. She got up to testify. This, is, this was a homeless woman, Derek, a homeless woman. She got up. She said, I got a phone call the other day. She said, my dad was on his deathbed. I have been estranged from my father for 30 years. We hate each other. He hates me, and I hate him back. She said, but this revival is helping me. So they called me to go to the hospital. I went to his side. And when I got there, he said this. He said, I hate your stepmother more than I hate you. So I'm leaving you everything. She said, my father was in organized crime. He was a criminal. He was a drug dealer. He was everything bad. He said, I'm giving you everything I have. Don't give it to the church. She said, I'll do whatever I want to do with it. She said, and he died. She said, I became the recipient of three quarters of a million dollars. She said, I bought a truck. She said, I made, a, I made a bid on a house. It's my house. I put earnest money up. I'm paying cash for the house. She said, Brother Ziggy, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Amen. Amen. You know what? If God can do it for a woman in Queen City, Texas, he can do it for any of you here in Oklahoma City. Amen. Thank God. But these are the things we have to keep clear. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. I receive that. I mean, you know what? Have I ever gotten an inheritance like that? No. But I haven't quit believing after that. Are you kidding me? Same revival. A woman had her house paid off. Someone went to the bank and paid this woman's house off. And it won someone in the revival. And you know, you know what, you know how it happened, Miss Rhonda? We sang a song. We sang a song. We sang a song that says, Money, money cometh for the sake of the gospel. Money cometh to me. I don't have to beg, steal, or borrow. The Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow. Money cometh. Money coming to me for the sake of the gospel. Money coming to me. Money, money coming. We sang it. We sang that song. You know, in part of the song, we say this. My house is paid for. When we started singing that, Spirit of God got on this woman. She started dancing around shouting, my house is paid for. Oh, yeah. And she wasn't a shouter. She's a quiet, conservative lady. She went dancing around that whole church. My house is paid for. She would dance around. I went out and danced with her. I'm not a dancer either, but I went out there and I danced with her. I was like, if you won't dance, I'm going to dance. She said, Brother Ziggy, my house is paid for. I said, amen. She said, no, you, you didn't get excited enough about it. You must not believe it. My house is paid for. I said, glory to God. She said, now you're putting on. She said, I'm telling you, my house is paid for. I was like, well, I, I, amen. <laughs> I'm giving you everything I got. <laughs> for three months, for three months, she claimed it. She went to, first, first time she went to pay her house payment, after the Lord told her, she's like, check my account. Lord told me my house is paid for. They looked at the account. <laughs> Teller goes, now nah, you still owe. It was in the hundreds of thousands. 
your house ain't paid for. She's like, yeah, it is. No, it's not. It says right here. She's like, take my check and shut up. You know, I mean, she wasn't that ugly, but she wasn't having it. She's like, I'm believing God. Y'all act like, y'all act like I'm a television evangelist that y'all don't spend time. Y'all act like I'm up here telling lies, trying to get you to sow a thousand dollar seed or something. I got my hand out an envelope. My hand out no envelopes up in here. Second month, my house is paid for. The woman said, Cheryl, your house ain't paid for. You still owe. She said, Lord said it's paid for. Take my check. It's paid for. They thought she was going nuts. But the third month, the day of her house payment, she woke up and the Lord spoke to her and said, hey, today your house is paid for. She's like, glory to God. She got dressed. She got fancied up, went to the bank, got to the bank. She said, Lord said, today my house is paid for. Oh, yeah. By then they're feeling sorry for her. This poor old woman's lost her mind. Someone needs to call her family. That's what they'll say about you. Listen, if you do this right, they'll think you're nuts. But you know what? You know what? When they're broke, they'll come to you to bail them out. My family called me nuts, but you know who they call when they're in trouble? I don't feel bad about it either. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Are y'all hearing me today? You want to be the one people come to. You want to be the first one people think about when they're in trouble. The Lord has blessed them. And you want to be able to tell them how to get in that flow of the blessing. And if you can't help them, you want to be able to help them. Y'all hearing me? Every one of y'all ought to want, you ought to want to get a phone call from me saying, hey, I need 10 million. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you like to get that phone call? Oh, yeah. You want to know why you like to get that phone call? Because if I'm calling you for 10 million, you got way more than 10 million. That's right. <laughs> Shri, if I'm calling you asking you for 10 million, you got way more than 10 million. That's right. That's a call you want to get. Right. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's right. That woman rolled up to that teller. Today, that woman pulled up her account and said, Cheryl, I'm sorry. She goes, the Lord said today my house is paid. That's right. That was in the morning. She went about her day thanking God for her house being paid for. She was at home, Melody. That's right. The phone rang at about 3.30. Yeah. She picked up the phone. She said, Cheryl, this is, this is so-and-so at the bank, the teller. Yeah. This is so-and-so at the bank. She said, yes, ma'am. She goes, you're not going to believe this, but there is a benefactor here that wants to pay your house off. And we need your permission. She said, permit? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yes, let him pay it off. That woman said, Cheryl, I don't believe it. Your house today is paid for. She came to church that night. She shouted all over that church. Listen, we shouted with her. We shouted for 45 minutes with that woman. You know what? When God does stuff like that, you shout for a long time. You let it disrupt the service. (laughs) Amen. 
Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, some of y'all, this ought to be, see some of you seeing pictures. But you ain't seeing some woman in Queen City. You're seeing yourself in that picture. You're seeing God do it. I'm, I'm preaching right now. You know, you know, you know I'm telling you the truth. Glory to God. You see, you need to, not only do you need to dream it, boy, you need to start, you need to start rehearsing it. Rehearse your day. You need, you need to get in front of the mirror and start rehearsing how you're going. Glory to God. Get with Melody. She'll help you choreograph something. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. If he did it once, he'll do it again. We all serve the same God. Brother Shambach, you say this. You say this. You don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. It's true. It's true. Cheryl, her house was paid for. I, I, <laughs> I, to, I told somebody, I, said, they, I was talking about welfare. I said, same meeting. God's not pleased with welfare. God, wants you, God wants to deliver you from welfare. Now, listen, if you take welfare, don't get mad at me. But that's not God's best. He wants to bring you. You might have to be there right now. You might find yourself where you're needed. But go, here's how you need to think. I'm coming off of this in the name of Jesus. This is not God's best for me. I am not settling here. I am coming off of this in Jesus' name. And I, that's why I said, and, and this guy, there's this guy sitting on the front row, him, his wife, and like 12 rugrats. He stands up, he goes, bless God, Brother Ziggy, I'm going to do it. I'm coming off of welfare. I'm going to call him tomorrow. And I'm getting off of it. My mama was on welfare. My grandma was on welfare. I am breaking this now in the name of Jesus. Well, you know what? I saw all them kids. I'm like, bro, pray about it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the natural man. That's what your natural man says. But instead, I was like, glory to God. I, I, I just started hopping. He started dancing. We started dancing together. Listen, faith was high. following week he came to church he's like brother z you see this look at this i'm looking at it. it's just a thick big, big old bunch of papers and i'm like what is it he goes well, just read the top i said title deed title deed i said it says title deed i said is this a house he goes brother ziggy i've been living in low-income housing for my whole life he said a man found me today told me that God had been talking to him while he was in prayer, took me out to a piece of property that had a house on it and said, this house, we, we, we've been having this house. It's not empty. We've been renting it out, but the renters are gone. We were looking to rent it out again, but the Lord told me to give this property and this house to you. He said, Brother Ziggy, God just gave us five acres and a house. You say, how, did, how could that happen like that there? Because people had gotten over. Listen, church, if you'll, if you'll get off of Facebook long enough to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost, if you'll get off of your texting long enough, if you'll disconnect from this way of life long enough to get in that flow of the Spirit, I'm going to tell you right now, God's Word works. But it only works when you hear His voice, when you respond to Him, when you're obedient to Him, and you facilitate the flow of His Spirit. That's all I got to say about that. Amen. I'm done. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Stand up with me and let's praise him. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Me and you have seen lots of miracles, haven't we, Ted? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, let's, let's praise him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Antene Mahara. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, I'll tell you this, Brandon, because I gave you those messages. It's, it's not just about the word and the message. It's about the spirit and allowing the flow of the spirit. That, that flow of the spirit is an important ingredient. You'll never break out just hearing the word. You have to be willing to follow the Holy Ghost and let the spirit of God take control. You have to let him dictate your, because sometimes it's in a shout. Sometimes it's in a day, like moments like this, it's important that we obey him the way he tells us to. It's important that we respond to him the way he wants us to respond. Amen. We, we don't, we don't, uh, sometimes we don't associate our obedience in, in, our, in our expression with our breakthrough. But it's just as, as important as hearing the word. Because faith comes by hearing the word, but the next part is seeing a vision and doing it. Being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Being a doer of the word and not a... And I'm not talking about giving an Because some, see, some of you thinking, oh, he, he, he talked about giving an alms. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything like that. Because some of y'all, your breakthrough isn't going to come when you sow an offering. Your breakthrough is going to come when you're like, glory to God, I'm in all the way. And you just make that decision that everything else is going to take a back seat to God's voice. Your kids aren't going to be your God. Your parents aren't going to be your God. Your family's not going to be your God. Your, your job's not going to be your God. Your responsibilities in life, they're not going to be your God. God is going to be your God. And everything else is going to take a back seat to him. I tried to call you. Well, it's Wednesday. I'm at church. Hey, I texted you two hours ago. What happened? Well, you know what? Uh, we go to church on Wednesday and on Sunday, and we're here, and I ain't texting you back then. And if I'm in prayer and getting blessed, I ain't texting you then either. If me and Jesus are having this, us a time, you're going to have to wait. Uh, it makes me feel bad. Well, get over it. Amen. 
don't say, don't say that to him. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> don't say that to him. <laughs> that don't work out good. But anyway, thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We pray, Lord, that as we go out of here, we'll go out of here anointed by your spirit. Lord, that anointing to prosper stirring up in this place right now. And God, I thank you that money cometh to your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, today supernatural increase is headed their way. Lord, they're going to say what they have and have what they say in the name of Jesus. They're not going to be pushed around by circumstances or by money. But Lord, they're going to allow you and your word to dominate. For your glory in the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right, listen, I love you guys. Don't, uh, don't ever forget that.